Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Are you ready to get into the Word of God today? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Are you? Um, we've been on a journey here. We started off talking about the mystery of Trinity. And then we went into about our salvation, how our salvation starts with the Spirit of God changing us. And then we, we talked about the promise that the Spirit of God coming, the promise. God gave a promise. And when God gives a promise, God's going to fulfill that promise. I know you and I go through things in life, and we think of promises, and we get people promises all kind of things. Amen? But and, and, and it doesn't and it doesn't happen. But when God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. Look at someone and say, God's going to keep his promise. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about receiving the spirit of power. Uh, the spirit of God wants to work in our life. And the spirit is really important to all that takes place. Matter of fact, everything that's taken place is by the spirit of God. God the Father had this incredible plan. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the plan. Now the Spirit of God is working in this world, elevating and magnifying the work of Jesus Christ. Not his own authority, but the authority of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a story that I think you and I can relate to. There was a missionary. His name was Herbert Jackson. He was given a car to help him out in his missionary work. The only problem is that this car um, could never start. Every time he turned the key, it wouldn't start. The only way he could get his car going is he had to push it. How many have ever pushed a car? Huh? Yeah, yeah. And then so what he did was, since he couldn't start it, couldn't, couldn't figure it out, he decided to, he lived next to a school, so every morning he would go over to the school, ask them if he could borrow a few kids. He would push the car, get the car going, and he would go on his business. And whenever he parked his car, he parked his car on a hill. So he could let the brake go and get some momentum and then pop the clutch and start the car up. And he did this for three years. For three years, that's how he ran the car. What's a clutch? What's a clutch? Yeah. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> And so um, he ends up leaving the field to go back home, and a new missionary is coming to the mission. And so he started to tell him everything that's going on and give him the update, and then he got to the car. And so he thought he should tell him about all the things he does to make his life easier. And he said, well, i got to tell you about the car. The car worked. It's faithful. It's been really good to me. However, you have to push it to get it started. And so once you push it, but I made a deal over to the school. They come every morning, they help push it. And, and then whatever you do, you just keep it running. If it's a short visit or park it on hill so you can, you can pop start it, you know. And so the guy's listening and he said, well, can I just take a look underneath the hood? And so the guy said, sure, go take a look. And he took a look at the hood and he said, hey, wait a minute. You have a cord really loose here. Do you have a wrench? He got a wrench from the back of the, the car, and he tightened it up, went over to the car, put the key in, turned the ignition, boom, started right up. I want, I want you to understand something. This is really important because all it needed to do be is all it needed was to be connected. That's all it needed. It needed to be connected. This missionary 
in his own ways, was living life according to his thinking. And he only thought, he thought so much he's in a box that this is how he had to do it and never really connected to the power. If he could only have connected to the power, he would have not had to do all that extra work. For the, for the three years that he did with that car, he did so much extra work that he needed to do. And all of a sudden, this guy that's taken over, fixed the problem, got connected, and because he got connected, well, let's say this missionary, the new missionary, was now doing things very different than the old missionary. What made the difference? What made the difference was one individual just accepted it, just accepted it. The other one decided to change it. Get connected. You know, there are some times in life, we have things that happen in our life. The Spirit of God wants to bring a change in us, wants to touch us. But sometimes we just accept the things in our life. We just accept it. And we don't take the time to really go to the right one, to the right place, in the right way to say, God, I need to get connected because I no longer want to carry this, no longer. And the Spirit of God wants to change lives, but I know this, and you know this. God can't change a life. Do you know that? God cannot change a life if the life does not want to be changed. Isn't that amazing? The God who has created all of the universe, the God who has created everything seen and unseen, cannot change a heart that doesn't want to be changed. And this is something very important, because the heart has to want to get connected to the source. You have to want to get connected to the source. Without the Spirit of God, without the Spirit of God, we really can do nothing. Someone say amen, because that's true. Jesus says we need to be connected to the vine. So without the Spirit of God, we are like sailboats without wind. We are like branches without sap running through it. Without sap running in a tree, that tree will cease to live or produce any fruit or anything good. Without the Spirit of God, we're like coals without a fire. And this is really, really important for us to understand that because you have a purpose and God wants to really work and empower you for a purpose, but it cannot happen. It cannot happen if we do not get connected to the source in which causes all things to go well. We can be in the kingdom for so long and so used to things You know, we get so used to things. Well, that's the way it is in my life. That's just the way it is. And you live that way, stay that way, and you're miserable. But you're only miserable because you choose not to come to the one who can actually connect you and connect you holistically in your heart and life. So I want to just lay a foundation a little bit today and also with a challenge that we need to receive the spirit of power. Jesus talked over and over about the spirit of God working in us. And we're going to see that. You can see the Spirit of God falling on the, those of the Old Testament. And they did great works. What, what, what makes the difference between the people like a Samson versus you? Hmm? What, what makes the difference between one of the judges of Gideon and you? Do you elevate them to someone greater and better? Do you, do you have the mentality to say, well, well, look what they did? Do you realize, do you realize whenever you think someone is greater or done something greater and so possible it can't happen with me, do you know your limiting beliefs prevents you, prevents you, prevents you from discovering who you are to be in God? Because you and your own limiting beliefs, because you're not seeing God for who God is, you're seeing how you think. Come on now. 
I'm telling you where it is. Look at your neighbor and say, he's speaking truth. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, it's going to get better. <laughs> Look at the portion of scripture here, first found in Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 7 and 8. Look what it says. It's on the screen. He said to them, it is not for you to know the time and dates my father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Someone say power. power. We live in a world today that wants power. You have politicians who want power. You have political parties that want power. you, you, you got to remember, you've got um, world leaders that want power. Man, all our movies today, you, whether it's DC or Marvel, it's all about people with power. You can't watch a cartoon without some type of power. Power Rangers. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all these cartoons about power, it's all about power. We live in this world that's always focusing on power, but here's a, here's a funny thing. We're not focusing on the power. Come on now. Yeah. You know, everything's about all kind of power, but we're not focusing on the power. Power is in the blood. Power is in the blood. Amen. Now, you ever heard this saying, with great power comes great responsibility? You know, if you're a Marvel fan and you happen to watch Spider-Man, you would know Uncle Bill. Uncle Ben. I know the B. Uncle Ben said that. But you know where that came from? That came from a French philosopher called Voltaire. Voltaire actually was the first person who coined that saying, with great power comes great responsibility. But because that's true. When God gives you an incredible encounter with him and he gives you this great salvation and the spirit of God changes you from the inside, you have something precious. But never take advantage of it. It doesn't make a difference if you're 120 years old. That salvation's value is just as good as the day it happened to you. You have, you have God's gift. I want, when we talk to people about power, we got to go right back to Genesis. Because Genesis is the beginning of wanting power. When you think about this whole power, we have to go to Genesis. Look what Genesis says here. The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Satan comes to them and tempts them with the power button. Genesis 3, verse 4. You will not surely die, this is the serpent, said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of, eat of it, your eyes will open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye... And also desiring for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some for, to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Why did, she, why did Eve listen to the serpent? Because the serpent said, you become like God. Ah, and, and then she thought, wow, it was good for wisdom, it looks good to taste, and she wanted to be like God. She wanted, she wanted to gain this wisdom, wanted that power, because there is great power in wisdom. Look at the book of Proverbs. It continues. He talks about how we should cherish wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And so this is this power struggle taking place. First, Satan wanting power, 
over the creation that God created him, cre- created them. He wanted that power over them. Then you, have, then you have Adam and Eve wanting power to be like God. And so we haven't changed, saints. People still want power. But can I just ask you a question? Just think about this for a second. What about God's power? Because that's where all power comes from. All power comes from God's power. You know, power can be a double-edged sword. A person can have power and leadership, and they could be a bad leader and do bad things with that power that they have given them, that, that, that individuals have given them, or that he has. Or a person could be in leadership and do good things with the, the area of leadership that, that he finds himself in or she finds herself in. But here's the big question, and here's the big thing. God's power is to accomplish God's good work. Someone say good work. And here's a big one. And his mission. He has a mission, and he wants to empower you to do something greater than you're able to do. Now, I know some of you have giftings, and some of you have talents, but you know what? You know what? Those giftings and talents are not yours. So if you have giftings and talents, and everybody has, every, someone say everyone. everyone. I people come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm just not as talented as blank blank. Oh, I don't know what my giftings are, and I don't think I even have any. And I tell people all the time, no, that's not true. You have them. You're just not looking at them. The problem is you're looking at everybody else and comparing yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, you are unique. Come on, tell them, you are unique. You, we're all different, and so why would you want to compare yourself to someone else? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God so loves you, and all God is asking you is to be the best you, but he wants to empower you so you can do greater things. Because when you connect yourself to the source, something's going to change in you. And it doesn't make a difference. You know, some of the people say, well, I've connected to the source when I was 19. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, what happened at 25? It's not just, you know, plugging in and that's it. No, it's a continual plugging in. The Bible says, be filled. It's a constant thing. It's a, prog- a process. How many, how many like plants here? Just, just let me, I like plants. Okay, let's pray for you. Oh, Lord, touch those people. And uh, so I, I was, don't give me plants. Don't give Paula and I plants at all. Please, just don't. Okay. <laughs> give them to people who like them and those people who have hands. However, however, my brother um, gave me some plants and they're air plants. You know, anybody know what the air plants are? They live without soil. They're just air, just air. And I said to myself, I think I can, I can, I can do this because air's always in the house, you know? And the only thing I have to do, someone say one thing. One thing. The only, someone say one thing. The only thing that we need to do. We don't need to touch the soil. We don't need to put fertilizer. No, 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 no. There's only, someone say, one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's one thing. I have to give it some squirts of water. Squirt, squirt. Squirt, squirt. Or, or maybe dunk them in water for a little bit. Maybe once a week, give them some agua. The other day, 
I looked at my air plants. My brother sent me a picture that his air plants are blooming. They're blooming. <laughs> so I went to my air plants. And I said, oh, they're kind of brown. <laughs> so Dr. Brian <clears throat> started to squirt every day almost, you know. And I put them in the sun. I'm getting wind around them. I'm trying to bring them back. They're time to turn green. I think we're, 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 we got it. I think we got it. But we got to do the things we need to do if we're going to grow. You need water. That's the word of God. You need, you need God's word. That is the bread of life. And God wants to do a work, but you've got to ra- realize you've got to connect yourself to the power. Because God wants to accomplish a work and a mission through individuals so that others, watch this now, others can see God in you. Ooh, could you imagine that? That's the greatest compliment that everybody could give you is that, wow, there's something different about you. And you know why people would say that about you? Because you're in his word. You're, you're, you're really making God your first love. You're really giving God your attention. You're really giving God your time. You know, some of you just said, I'm going to be in church today. And you got up and you hit that alarm clock and said, shut up. I'm going to church. And sometimes we have to determine in our hearts who is our love. And then we need to show it. You can't go up to someone and say, I love you, and do everything in your actions that proves you don't. Let me ask you a question. If someone said they love you, but they never showed you your, your love, do you believe them? Come on. Oh, wait, I heard a very weak. No. Let's be. So if someone says they love you, but they don't show you, you don't, you don't see it, do you think they love you? No. If we're going to be honest, because... Even the one who's maybe not doing it, they're expecting others to do it for them. See, love is an action. Love is always an action. It's a verb. And God wants that action of you displaying God being first in your heart and in your life so that his power can flow in you and through you. That's the beautiful thing about it. God's dunamis power. You should receive power that God wants to do in you. Now watch this. Let's read that portion of scripture. Verse 8 in Acts 1. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. This is, this is powerful. Someone say, this is, God, was, God gave you promised power. Someone say promised power. And that's what God was doing. He was promised you that the Holy Spirit was going to come and God was going to give you a promise with power. Not something, not your strength, his strength. Not your ways, but the Spirit's ways. Not your will, but the Spirit's will. Uh, let me uh, share this with you. Um, first of all, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And look at the, look at the results. When the Spirit comes upon you, when the Spirit fills you, when you become his child, when you receive of his Holy Spirit and, and, and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the endunamis of power, when you and both play a part in the fullness of things, when that takes place, when that takes place, something should happen in you. There should be a manifestation or result. God never does something without a result. 
I tell people all the time, if God does something, there's going to be a result. People say, look what God's done. I say, okay, God's done that. Where's the result? God doesn't do anything. God always has a purpose of why he does what he does. And look at this now. I want you to get this. You will be my witness. What is a witness? A witness is a person who bears the truth because they have firsthand knowledge or experience. They become a witness. You become a witness because you have firsthand knowledge or experience in a particular area and you become a witness. And what does witnesses do? Well, look at this right here. The witnesses is sort of like a circle here. God first says Jerusalem. And you should be first when the power of the Spirit comes upon you and you become a new creature or the power of the Spirit comes upon you and empowers you for service to be a witness by the power of the Spirit that your home should see Jesus in you. That's your Jerusalem. It's home. Because what the Lord was saying is, I want Jerusalem, I, I, I want Judea, Samaria, and any parts of the earth. This was just going all the way out. But you have to understand what Jesus was saying here, that when, the, when you become a witness, you're going to become a witness to right there at home, right there with your family. You don't avoid your family members. You share Jesus with your family members. Someone say amen. amen. And then to go to Judea, then Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. Well, let's break this down. Jerusalem was a place that Jesus was unjustly executed. An angry mob put him on the cross. And then the Lord says to the disciples, I want you to go share the message with the very people who just put me on the cross. Can someone say, that's love? That's power. Then he says, Judea. Well, Judea was where the messenger of heaven and his message was rejected. People of Judea rejected the messenger and the message of Jesus. He went through a lot of stuff in Judea. And yet, and yet, he tells you and I, and especially right there, the disciples, to go and tell the message to Judea. Samaria is a really good one for all of us. We're going to enjoy this one because it's a place where culturally regarded as a wasteland. The, some Jewish people call it the impure land. Uh, they also had, uh, they also looked at them as half-breeds. They weren't even worth anything. And yet, and yet, God says, I want you to go to Samaria, the ones you consider half-breeds, the one that you consider uh, rejects, the one you consider that they're worth nothing, and I want you to go tell them my message. Mm. And then, of course, the last one, to the ends of the earth, a people where the people of that day, the Jewish people, talking about the Gentiles, and the way the Jewish people felt about the Gentiles back then, especially the religious, religious people, they thought the Gentiles were just fuel for hell. There was such an animosity. And yet Jesus says, no, I want you to carry this message to all of these areas, everywhere. And, and, and we ought to carry, if we took it at home, we, look at the scene here, we need to carry it to our home, we need to carry it to our state, we need to carry it to our country, we need to carry it everywhere to everyone. Everywhere to everyone. Well, let me ask a question, though. I mean, are we talking, to, talking about Jesus to people? Are we, are we really sharing Jesus? Are we really taking this whole message and saying, God, I only have so much time on earth. Am I going to really do something with it? What am I doing? Am I just playing the part of a Christian? Or am I really opening my mouth? Am I really sharing? Am I really caring? We've got to ask ourselves, because if you're connected to the power, if you're connected to the power, 
They're going to see the witness. They're going to see the witness. But here it goes. Here it goes. Ready? When you're connected to the power, the light will be on. And when I have my um, lamp plugged into the wall um, and I turn it on, light comes on. But my dog has a habit of going behind my chair, hitting the plug and knocking out my plug. And so when I go reach the, the, the light, the light don't come on. It don't come on. And because I don't know this, but it's been disconnected. And so I'm thinking maybe my bulb is burnt or maybe the bad switch. And I'm thinking about everything that could be wrong and not thinking it's the plug. It's really simple, Brian. Get out of the chair and plug it in. But I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking about all the other problems that it could be. And the first time I discovered it and realized I just had to replug it in, it gave light. And sometimes life has a habit of unplugging us. Someone say amen. Our problem, our situations, our circumstance, what we go through, our problems sometimes unplugs us. And when it unplugs us, we are no longer shining the light. We're more concerned about the problem. We're more concerned about the pain. We're more concerned about whatever it is, but we're not concerned about being that light and being that witness. Why? Because we've got to find our time in God. We've got to be in the presence of God. We need to communicate. Someone say communicate. If Jesus is going to be your best friend, you've got to communicate. Anybody you're close to, anybody you're close to, you're going to be communing with. And they're going to be wanting to commune with you. You can't commune with silence. You commune with someone who talks back to you. How is your day? You're waiting for something, aren't you? So I'm going to ask it this time, and this time I want you to respond. How is your day? Oh, great, great. Well, I hope your day gets even better. See? And all of a sudden, there's a, there's a communication that's taking place. Your investment in a, in a relationship is always seen by the effort you put into the relationship. No effort, no relationship. So that means you're unplugging spiritually. Whenever you're not in small group, you're not connecting, you're not in the Word, not in prayer, you're not in church, you're, not in you're disconnecting from the source, and that means that spiritually, you're not going to be stronger. Iron sharpens iron. Hit someone's elbow and say, I'm just iron. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5 says this. It's a promise of power, and we, we are to walk in. On one occasion, while he was eaten with them, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father's promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to, the Lord gave a promise to them. He said, listen, a command. He said, do not leave. I want you guys to stay in Jerusalem. Think of this. God asked them to stay in Jerusalem when they just got done crucifying Jesus. You know, when they thought crucifying the leader, they normally go after the followers. And that's exactly what took place at a particular time. And Jesus says, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay in Jerusalem for the gift of my father. I want you to know something here. Once again, we see the Trinity. We see the gift of the father. We see Jesus. And we see the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
we see three. It showed us the Trinity right there in this one verse here. And what does it mean to be baptized? Well, to be baptized is to simply to be covered with or submerged, immersed. And so John's baptism was immersion of water. The water would cover. And so as baptism is, the person would go in the water. And they used to do it in a, a, a river back then. Now it doesn't matter. But they had symbolic to it. And the river, so the person would go down, the water be running, their sins be washed away. They come up in newness of life. That was the picture of the immersion of baptism. But Jesus said, John baptized with water, but you're going to be immersed by the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and in you and reside, immerse. You're going to be covered, covered. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon certain individuals. When Samson got all uh, got into a little tiff or something and the power of God came upon him and the Spirit came upon him, but the Spirit wasn't in him. It came upon him to do a great work. And then after the Spirit came off of him, But with you and I in the New Testament church, we have the Spirit of God living in us. Someone say, in us. Greater is he that's in you than in the world. But what happens while we give the world too much credit and we don't look to God as we should? We need to get the perspective once again, saints, and hunger and thirst for God and keep God right at the focus so we do not get so busy so that the enemy doesn't get us so busy so that we don't no longer focus on the one who truly loves us and wants to empower us with his power and his presence. Praise his name. So I want you to get this. This is important. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, chapter 1 for 4, is now all of a sudden is when the power of the Spirit of God now comes upon his disciples for the work, for the witness that God wants them to do. And it said, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I just want to let you know, okay, God and his power can fall on you no matter what position you're in. (laughs) Just letting you know, just letting you know, standing up, sitting down, laying down. I, I don't think, I think laying down could be a problem because we know what happens when you all lay down, right? You all fall asleep. Never put yourself in a comfor- comfortable position because you will fall asleep. It goes on to say this. They were all sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This happened on the day of Pentecost, which is another way, uh, 50 days uh, after Passover. Now, I want you to understand something. Pentecost is the first fruit or known as the wheat harvest. And that is a time that they presented an offering to God. But I want you to also understand that on the day of Pentecost... The Orthodox rabbinic traditions believe that Moses received the Ten Commandments on the mountain of Sinai on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, that's when the law was given and established. 
And here in the New Testament, this is where the Spirit of God was given. It's pretty powerful, and God has a way of doing that. He, 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 dates and times are very important to him. He, he often does certain things. Uh, the little uh, renewal that's taken place in Asbury College, there has been many moves over the history of that college of stirring of God in the congregations. There's quite a few of them. There's like four or five different events through the history there of the moving of God's spirit among the student body and community. Sometimes God works in, a, in, a, in really interesting ways. Look, look at this here. Look at this. Look at John for a moment. John 14, verse 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do greater things than these things. Someone say greater things. Mm. Because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you. Listen to how long. Forever. The Spirit of God, the power that comes from the Spirit of God is important, but we Christians don't ever think about the Spirit of God. We're not even aware of how the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is what's going to communicate with you, talk to you. He's going to lead you. He's going to put those little promptings in your, in your heart, and you're going to have to be, have attuned your ears to his voice so you may know him. Jesus says that my, my sheep know my voice. You need to know the spirit of God's voice to you so that you understand. Now, uh, how many remember this? The glove. Um, The glove is such an important thing because this is you, and you are not going to do much for God unless he fills you. And so we talked about the glove, that when you first become a Christian, You are filled. So if this glove is you, the Spirit of God wants to fill you. Now, you can be filled with the Spirit of God, and let's say you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit as well, so you are filled, you want to be a witness and stuff. And this is great. And so God has equipped you, God has called you, God has a work for you to do. How many say, that's me? Just say, that's me, come on, that's me. And so God has a work for you to do, but all this glove does, all you do, Filled with the Spirit, with everything in you, is you just plant it on the table or you sit it in a seat and you do nothing. Now, I'll tell you something. Let's ask ourselves the question. This hand in a glove is meant to do what? Work. 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 This glove is you, filled with the Holy Spirit, but we still refuse to do anything. We do not put our hands to the plow. We don't put in it. We're, we're selective. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, I don't feel like it. Mm, 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 mm. I love that one. That one's the best one, I think, because um, they're not going to do much in life when you go by feelings. Trust me. They're like roller coasters. So here's a God who's filled you, equipped you, and yet, there you go. See, now, the key for you and I, the key for you and I in the church of God is to serve. That's the key. That's the key to serve. Because he wants to fill you, but he doesn't want to fill you and equip you. And then, then you just 
You just sit. There is a time for sitting. Someone say there's a time. When you're at the feet of Jesus in prayer, like Mary did. She had, she had to serve, but she was at the feet of Jesus. Jesus was speaking, and she wanted. She knew that this moment was special. It's like sacred time. Your prayer time is your sacred time. You say those are times that, you know, work is not the issue because you need to spend time in, in Jesus' presence. Amen? And so when God empowers you, he wants you then to get and to do something with this. It's so important because God wants to do a work of service. And as you're serving, you're witnessing the glory of God because God has filled you. So if you're filled with God and you love God and you want to share God, people are going to see that by your work that you do, not what you say. A lot of people say some great things. They can even be a great orator. But it's not your words. Words don't mean nothing. It's your actions. It's your attitude. It's what makes up everything in your vessel. Let me, let me, let me just share this and a few more. Let me give you this here. Romans, Romans 8 verse 14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. This is relationship. Someone say relationship. The, rela- the, the spirit in us is communing with the spirit of God in prayer and in word and in life. And there's a communication taking place. That's how we grow. That's how we grow. A lot of times that believers are not growing. And it's not because such and such. You are all responsible to grow on your own. You are all to be a Berean. Granted, it's good to have small groups and it's good to have studies, but you have to choose to grow. It's so important because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Led by the Spirit, but what do you mean? How do I I allow the Spirit of God to lead me? Relationship. Relationship. Hearing what God wants you to do. It's like when they shared Jesus with the people. And you have this, your agents of God. And as we talked about that small group uh, series some time back, how God wants to use you. You have to give God room. Just recently, I was at a very fancy restaurant with a bunch of uh, ministers and stuff. And they were treating us out to Valentine's uh, Day and just a, just a time of fellowship. And it was really nice. And, and there was all these servers all around us. And, um, and it's a nice place. And, you know, and everything's, uh, you know, all that, all that protocol stuff. And, and, and so they're serving and they're doing all their thing. And, and the Lord just drilled on a person and said, speak to that person right there. That person, to me, didn't seem like it was going to go very far. She didn't really give indication. She wasn't overly friendly like some servers are. And so I just went up to that person, and they were, they were very busy, very working, and you're like, when you, you know, I didn't know how they were going to respond there, but the Lord spoke to my heart and says, share with that person. So I said, okay. I didn't really want to, because I didn't think she was going to receive it from me, but I said, you know what, I'm giving it a shot. I went up to the person, and I just said, hello, uh, you're doing a great job here. How long you worked here? So we just started talking, and before you know it, I started to share Jesus Christ with her. And she was so thankful. She started to tell me about her life and this, that, and the other thing. And she stopped everything she was doing, and she gave me her undivided attention. And I had a chance to really talk with her 
And what was so beautiful was she responded so well. To the fact that I, I thought about her the day after saying to myself, I wanted to leave her with more. And I have a project that I've been working on that I tabled that would so fulfill that area. So help me to get that done. I really would pray that you would help me because that would be so good for all of us to use. Nevertheless, God intervened right there because the Spirit of God spoke to me. Why? Why? How did that happen? Because I'm always every day asking God, speak to me. God, like Samuel, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm listening. Someone say that. Someone say, I'm listening, Lord. You got got to prepare the heart to listen to God, to see what God wants to do through you and in you and around you. Stop thinking about you. Because that's what we do all the time. It's about our ship and our bubble and our, 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 what? We, we, I, I. And God says, you know, can you put that aside? And can you think about me? And the person that's really next to you that kind of needs something that probably you're missing because you're so focused on your tomorrow, you're not even aware of what I want to do in your today. It happens. But the only way you're going to get to know that is you spend time really in his presence and really get to know his heart. Get to know his heart, his way. So important. Where we can say, Abba, Father. I mean, think about it. We can go up to God in this portion. Abba, Father, is Daddy. And some of us haven't had a good Daddy on earth. I mean, many kids and many adults that haven't had a good Daddy. And so when they see the scripture and they see Daddy, it's like, I have a hard time saying Daddy because my Daddy wasn't a good Daddy. For those who've had a good Daddy, oh, you're blessed. God wants to do a work. Galatians 5, 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh, for the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are the oppositions to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. When in Exodus, we see the power of God coming upon the craftsmanship, craftsman people to do the tabernacle. And God gave gifts to individuals to do that. The Spirit of God came upon these people, and all of a sudden they could do all this craftsmanship. In Numbers 27, Joshua was filled with the Spirit to do a great work. In the Judges in chapter 3, Othaniel was filled with the Spirit and did a great work. In Judges 6, Gideon was filled with the Spirit and did a great work. In, in uh, Judges 11, Jephthah was filled with the Spirit and did a great work. When Samson in Judges 13 was filled with the Spirit, you know, the Spirit came upon him and, and did a great work. God wants to do the same thing with you, but you have to hunger for God. I'm trying to, as we start to take a journey, I'm really trying to get for you to start to hunger. Just hunger for God. Just hunger for God. And I I guarantee you, one of my heart desires, I say, God, this is the only thing I ask, is that I'll do what you want me to do, but you have to do the rest. I'll do my best, but then do the rest. Because God wants to put a hunger within your heart, mind, and soul. A hunger for God. A hunger to say, hey, I want to experience all that God has. The Bible has, and we'll get to this even to a deeper level of the baptism in the Holy Spirit where God empowers you and gives gifts and empowers you for great service to be a witness. These are all things that are part of the Spirit of God. But you have to have a hunger. You have to have a thirst. You have to want it. 
You want to have to want God. Not just what God's spirit can do, but just fall in love with God. And that's the main thing. Can you stand to your feet? How many would say that you want a greater hunger in your life? Raise your hand. Because hunger is a place where God starts in your hunger, in your thirst. My heart, with all my heart, I pray that God stir and would just continue to give you a desire. Not guilt. Someone say, not guilt, desire. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Don't let the devil play with your head. Because if he plays with your head, he's got you captive. If he plays with your head, he got you captive. And that's what the enemy of your soul wants to do. He wants to captive your mind, captive your energy, captive and say all kind of things so that you believe. And then all of a sudden, from that false belief, you end up in all kind of areas. Never content, never fulfilled. Never fulfilling the word and the works of God. God has a work. If you feel that you have to go, you, you can do so. But I ask you to do it quietly. But today, I want to open up these altars. And I want to just spend some time in the presence of God. I want you to hunger for God. I want you to spend some time. If you're online or if you're here today, I want you to close your eyes right where you are for a second. Close your eyes right where you are for a second. I'm talking for those online and those here today. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is the first place to start. First place to start is making Jesus first. He so loved you. I thank God for what he did for me. Oh, my word. He wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for all of you. And if you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart, or it's been so, 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 so long, you're ready to say, okay, God, I'm ready for a new journey. I'm ready for a new start. I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm going to yield myself to you. And if that's your, that's your heart, the desire, that's your heart desire to hear, you say, God, I'm really to start. I'm really to start to yield my life to you and to give you, give you opportunity, God. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do life with me in control. I recognize you, you, you got everything in this world under control. I don't understand it, Lord. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And there's many things I don't understand, but I do understand that you work all things out when I look unto you. You will reveal, you will help, and he will help you because he knows more than you know. We see a piece of a puzzle. God sees the whole picture. God sees the whole picture. Don't get so distracted by the piece and miss the big picture. So if you're here today, and you want to accept Jesus Christ with those eyes closed, just lift your hand. Say, that's me. I mean, me. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. And you, and, and, and also online, online, you would say, I, I want Jesus. Just, just, just tell him right now, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. I've sinned. Forgive me of my attitude. Forgive me of my ways. I ask right now. I ask right now. I yield myself to you. And I ask you to take hold of my heart. Take hold of my life. Because this day, I choose to serve you. And this day, I choose to get back with you. To walk hand in hand. And I ask this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, we thank you for joining us today. 
Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.